Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. Gathering all the information you would need to stay ahead of the curve on your crypto investments. Welcome to Thriller Rundown. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world, gather around. It's time for another exciting episode of Thriller Rundown. Today is October 6, 2020, and we are talking fidelity loading up on Bitcoin. <laughs> That's right. It's uh, it's really exceptional news today at the top of the rundown. Let's do it. The Rundown. So check this out. This is pretty amazing news coming from Coindesk. Fidelity Vanguard Schwab funds have been loading up on crypto mining stocks, and that's including Bitcoin, baby. <laughs> be loaded up on Bitcoin and be a Bitcoin bazillionaire. <laughs> so check this out. Three of the largest asset managers are diversifying their funds to hold blockchain stocks, throwing more establishment financial might behind Bitcoin's technology. Now, Charles Schwab has begun purchasing shares of Riot Blockchain, joining Fidelity and Vanguard. Already investors in Riot, Hive Blockchain Technologies, HUD8, and BC Group. And they're also allocating mutual fund holdings to a cryptocurrency company. According to financial filings with the SEC, the stock purchases also double down on the mutual fund manager's equity investments and experiments in the space. Now, Schwab this summer invested in Alchemy, and we kind of know what that is, right? An Ethereum application platform. But... Vanguard has been piling Symbiont's blockchain for foreign exchange transactions, and the almighty Fidelity has a digital assets arm set to launch a trading service and a Bitcoin index fund, and has been backed by Coinmetrics, Fireblocks, and all the best in the space, to be quite honest with you. And this is not a surprise, ladies and gentlemen. Fidelity has been in the Bitcoin space for a really long time, and they actually have an office here in Austin, I always, whenever we pass by it and we're like, we're headed up north and whenever we come back down south, cause I live in the south, you know, area of Austin, I always tell my wife like, look, there's Fidelity. They have mining rigs in there. <laughs> like, let's go stop by and check it out. On the lay, on the lay, E-I, E-I, uh-oh, you had me driving fire, not to switch the time zone. You was the best of all time at the time though. We don't, but this passively managed Bitcoin only fund will be made available to qualified purchasers through family offices, registered investment advisors, and other institutions. According to a person familiar with the matter, Fidelity Digital Assets will custody the fund, and the minimum investment is 100K. Yeah, not bad. So a couple years ago, Tom Jessup went on Bloomberg and was talking about Fidelity Digital Assets. Take a listen to what he had to say.
You said something earlier that might have pricked people's ears up. Mm -hmm. Fidelity has been experimenting with crypto sure. since when? Since 2014. That's going to surprise folks. Yeah, it's not surprising when you get to know Fidelity. Uh, the organization has a very long history of innovation and putting resources against new technologies. Uh, so we started doing things like mining. We were mining Bitcoin in 2015. Uh, we ran some internal experiments allowing some of our employees to use Bitcoin to buy things in the cafeteria. Uh, and all the while doing a lot of basic research into the technology and doing a few innovative things that we're now applying to the solution. Do you think it was easier for Fidelity to do that and to do it as quietly as it did because it's a private company? I think so. I think it may have less to do with private being a private company, but a company that has a strong history of innovation um, throughout Fidelity's history. I mean, um, I'm a bit older. So remember, like in the early 90s, when Fidelity was one of the first uh, institutions to have an online trading experience, which was delivered to clients in the form of a three and a half inch floppy disk. So, you know, th these, these things that were revolutionary back in the day and maybe don't mean much now. Um, are really indicative of the of the history the company has in the space. People are going to want to know because there's such a connotation around it. How many Bitcoins has Fidelity mined? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know the answer to that question. Dozens, uh, hundreds, thousands? A couple of hundred, maybe. Uh, again, more as an experiment to really right. understand the tech. Um, and, you know, that that was a great a great learning experience for us. Okay. Where does it go from here? In other words... What do you expect to happen? Now that you have this business that's supposed to unlock the door for the institutions, Correct. do they just come running? Or is it going uh, to take a little while for that level of acceptance? I think we're already seeing a level of acceptance by virtue of some of the clients we've been speaking with uh, who are being onboarded as we speak. Uh, I'd like to think that this announcement is a catalyst for folks that are interested in the space to do a bit more diligence and maybe accelerate their efforts. But we think based on the clients we've spoken to and what we're seeing in the market, there's a reasonable amount of demand right now for this product. And the question for us is how do we stay ahead of the competition? How do we innovate? How do we bring new products onto the platform, uh, which is something we're very focused on. You have 100 people. Correct. That's not small. No, that's significant. I mean, and it's people can do the math themselves. If just ballparking, and I am assume some of them get paid more than that, if they just made $100,000 each. Yes, it's a significant... The cost of labor is $10 yes, million. Yes, it bucks. is a significant commitment, and it's the right commitment. And what's not counted in that 100 are the experts from other parts of Fidelity, our, our security organization, the folks that uh, deal with uh, running some of these big institutional businesses at scale. Those folks have been helping us think through uh, everything from the service model to some of our process flows and basically how we deliver a quality service to customers. So I want to bring up something that most people don't realize. Fidelity is a part of the 10 largest investment management companies worldwide. That's right. Now, these other big conglomerates like BlackRock, who owns 6.84 trillion, or the Vanguard Group, who owns 6.2 trillion, or UBS Group, who owns 3.26 trillion, or State Street, I can go on and on. Fidelity owns 3.2 trillion. If it's a game of musical chairs, Fidelity already has sat down. It says, hey, Vanguard, hey, BlackRock, hey, UBS, hey, State Street. I know you have more trillions than I do, but I'm investing in Bitcoin. So it's no surprise to see BlackRock and Vanguard start getting behind 
and start investing in not only stocks and not only mining companies of Bitcoin, but even the underlining tech, even if it is built on Ethereum. Digital assets is the way of the future and Fidelity is betting on Bitcoin long term. They definitely have at least 500 million <laughs> on Bitcoin, I, I would definitely say. I mean, just hearing that interview, that was two years ago. You can only imagine they've invested a lot at this point. Um, that's all we have here at the top of the rundown. I really do think this is bullish news for Bitcoin and the rest of the digital asset space. And honestly, long term, if you look at the news that's coming out right now, it feels like the centralized exchanges here in the U.S. are really pinning Bitcoin down to being this digital gold. It seems like they're trying to run with that narrative. Seems to be working for now. With that, let's get into five good minutes. So today in five good minutes, we are going to be talking about Bitcoin heading towards 11.5K. That's right. We have a trading shot chart I want to look at. Um, this is pretty fascinating stuff. I'll put a link to all this in the show notes, including today's rundown as well. So, yeah, let's get the timer started. <laughs> Always forget about that timer. Uh, so if we look at where we're headed right now, a lot of people are, don't get me wrong, they're, they're probably a little like wondering, you know, is this... Is this thing that Trump said, you know, on Twitter caused this kind of crash that we had? And honestly, honestly, ladies and gentlemen, like when I see something like that, it's really to me, those aren't drops like drops are when you go from like I remember going from like 10K down to like 4K, 3K. Like when you grow up with this kind of volatility at this point, when you see $500 drops or you know, even a hundred or 200, like those don't, those aren't a thing to me. Like that's just, that's nothing. You know, if we see a thousand dollar drop, that's, that has my attention. Um, but it, until we get like 2000 or 3000 drops, even then that's why I'm like, Oh, I'm wondering where we're going. But when we're like talking about a hundred dollars, $200, $500, that really isn't nothing. So it's, it's amazing to me to see all these other, <laughs> all these other people online just kind of freak out because I'm like, did y'all forget like <laughs> how bad this used to be? This is nothing. So what we're doing right now is we're kind of creating this triangle and I'll, and I'll put this here in the show notes and you can kind of see where trading shot is predicting 11,500 here here in the short term and that's probably going to happen around the 12th or 13th of next week so that's what that's is what i'm saying like when we did bitcoin in october there was a lot of things that were just kind of i hate to say it inevitable because that sounds very much like this we knew this was going to happen but there are certain aspects to Bitcoin. And when you understand where the, the market's headed, um, Bitcoin kind of does its thing. I know there's so many people out there right now that really want Bitcoin to be correlated with the stock market. And I think it is to a smaller degree um, and you can kind of see it. But I think a lot of that, what we're seeing is it's just 
people who are day traders, right? And who are in Wall Street, who are making those those calls. But as soon as you get to the weekend, that's when you see Bitcoin flourish, right? And it's because there there aren't anybody, there isn't anybody trying to manipulate you know, the markets, right? At, at that point, it's a, it's a free open market at that point. And that's, and that's pretty much where we're going to see a lot of these gains. So it wouldn't surprise me by this weekend, we start pushing up towards the 11 K range. And by next week, we're at 11.5. And one of the reasons uh, trading shot has said this is because he says right here, typically there is an accumulation phase. And you can also see that by the ranging RSI and the LMA CD indicators. But if you look at previous months before on august 17th we had the same type of rise and then we went towards the current 2020 high of 12.5k that was on august 17th so we broke to the upside and so that's what we're doing again here and then if you look back here on july 21st we did the exact same thing we broke to the upside and then we went, we went to 10.5k and he goes on and on and shows these multiple charts where we just kind of broke to the upside same thing back in april 23rd we were we were going down this April triangle and then all of a sudden we broke to the upside. So he's predicting we're going to keep going down this this October triangle, you know, where, where we're kind of consolidating right between 10.6, 10.7, 10.4. It's just going up and down, up and down. And eventually it's just going to break towards the upside. And that's where he's projecting. He's adding up all of these broken to the upside triangles in the past. And he's calculating it and he's giving it a uh, 3.52%. So he's seeing it project up to 11.5K. It makes sense. Like everything he's saying, like makes absolute sense. Um, now, where do we head from there? And I still think we are headed towards new highs by the end of the year. There's some there's been some crazy predictions out there where you have some very big Bitcoin um um, I would say Bitcoin, I guess I hate to use the word influencers, but like Bitcoin aficionados <laughs> and, and a lot of them are predicting like, you know, 29K within like 30 days. And <laughs> I'm not saying it can't happen because it is Bitcoin. Anything can happen. Um, but uh, I would just be I would just think there would have to be some enormous type of news. Uh, the only thing I can think of that's coming here soon you know, is the PayPal Venmo thing. Now, you know, I don't necessarily think that's going to drive a lot of adoption. You know, this year, if you look at if you look at similar kind of rollouts in years past with Square, uh, it was the same thing. It kind of took a full year for for mass Bitcoin adoption to take take place on Square. And even now they're seeing records. They're breaking records every quarter. So I I don't know how these other people are predicting their 29K in a month kind of theories uh, to me. I mean, I would love to see that. It'd be awesome. Right. But to me, I really do see. You know, I still see 17K by the end of the year, and I don't think that's a horrible thing. I think that's actually a good thing. Uh, and then next year is when we'll start seeing, you know, this 29Ks by April, by May. And we'll get into that as we get into later the year. But uh, yeah, so just look out for 11.5K this week. I definitely think that's going to happen. I think we're going to break towards the upside and that's kind of where Bitcoin's going. So don't freak out if you see a drop 500, 300 dollars. It's it's just consolidating in this triangle. All right. That's five good minutes on Bitcoin. With that, let's get into the cold hard truth. 
truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, so today in the hard truth, we are talking crypto king John McAfee getting arrested and sued for shilling ICOs. Uh, if you didn't hear the news, the United States Securities and Exchange Commission filed a suit against crypto investor and promoter John McAfee for his past promotion of initial coin offerings on social media. Uh, per the complaint, it says from at least November 2017 through February 2018, McAfee leveraged his fame to make more than $23.1 million dollars an undisclosed compensation by recommending at least seven initial coin offerings or ICOs to his Twitter followers. The ICOs at issue involve the offer and sell of digital asset securities and McAfee's recommendations were materially false and misleading for several reasons. Um, the DOJ stated because the, uh, there was a separate action that was announced and it was because he was arrested in Spain. But the DOJ stated that according to the indictment, John McAfee earned millions in income from promoting cryptocurrencies, consulting work, speaking engagements, and selling the rights to his life story for a documentary. Um, from 2014 to 2018, McAfee allegedly fi failed to file tax returns despite receiving considerable income from these sources. The indictment does not allege that during these years, McAfee received any income or had any connection with the antivirus company bearing his name. If convicted, McAfee faces a maximum sentence of five years in prison on each count of tax evasion and a maximum sentence of one year in prison on each count of willful failure to file a tax return. You know, that was kind of explosive news to hear this week that McAfee got arrested and was taken into custody. Um, you know, and this is all coming at the same time when we had uh, BitMEX and how they're after Arthur and team for them as well, too. So I think what we're seeing here is just the DOJ, the SEC and everybody on the regulation side just kind of doing a sweep of, of, of everything. Um, and you can tell it's all being done like one after another. Um, this is one of the main reasons, you know, why I do my best to roll disclaimers or even I might joke sometimes and say how they're listening. I, I don't think they're listening, but a small part of me thinks that, you know, somebody's listening. Right. Um, so that's why I've always tried my best to stay within like entertainment purposes and putting all sorts of disclaimers everywhere and, and not guaranteeing anything. Um, and, you know, it kind of sucks because I feel like uh, with McAfee, uh, he he was kind of beloved in the space. You know, a lot of people liked him. Some people didn't like him. I never thought anything different of him, to be honest with you. I think we covered a sh we did a show on the first season about McAfee and, and Jihan Wu and, and Bitmain and, and uh, Roger Veer. And that was a whole story of how they uh, created uh, Bitcoin Cash and the whole thing behind that. So that was a whole thing that we did early on. But to be honest with you, I've never met him or I've ever seen him at a conference that I've attended. Uh, you know, it's probably because we've all been in the U.S., but uh, but it's kind of surprising to see them arrest him like this. Um, there was a time where we were going to get him on the show, um, but his wife uh, just couldn't lock down a time because apparently with him, whenever you're doing like trying to get an interview with him, he calls you in a moment's notice. And for me, that doesn't work because I have to you have a day job. Um, so that's the only interaction I've ever had with the McAfee camp. But um, yeah, it's just surprising um, how all this has kind of come out here in the past, 
gosh, 24 hours. Uh, it's just nuts. Um, he's definitely a larger than life character and he definitely is very, he has, his beliefs are definitely, you know, strong against, you know, the government. And he's definitely uh, a proponent of Bitcoin, even though he says it's, it's, it's an old, <laughs> old truck or what do he call it? I think he said it was the old Ford, Ford model, whatever. Um, but I think when you start noticing how he promotes his stuff, he usually uh, just says something shocking or does something shocking or will make a crazy statement just to get people's attention. And then, he'll insert said token there. So I think, I think people are waking up to that. My only kind of issue with all of this is, is really um, the kind of, you know, what we're seeing happen on the crypto side and the Bitcoin side. And that's all they're, I mean, they're just doing their job, but it kind of makes me wonder like, what about all the stuff that we see happen on wall street? You know, I think it was a couple months ago or even a couple weeks ago where JP Morgan got caught, you know, manipulating uh, gold and all that market. And no one got <laughs> no one got no one got fined or no one. Or no, actually, they did get fined, but no one got put in handcuffs for that. So it just makes you wonder, like, where is the line with some of that stuff? Um, but that's the only thing that I'm just kind of like, it's kind of interesting how you see it done on the crypto side. But when it comes to the, the Wall Street side, not so much. So that's interesting. Um, I don't know if they're going to go after more people. It's kind of shocking they went after him, but I think they were going to go after him regardless. I think they just needed another reason uh, to detain him. I think that's what that's about. When you are out there outside of the United States and you're verbally saying things about the United States to the United States, calling out regulators, I think you're kind of just asking for it at that point. And, and that's kind of what you're seeing. Uh, that's where they're kind of taking a stand. Um, it's almost like they're baiting them to arrest him you know what i mean and that's what you never want to do um but that's what happened so you know at the end of the day Bitcoin really is strong enough to take on that old system. They won't be able to ban it because it's hard money. And in a world where paper is the currency of these fiat kings and regimes, <laughs> well, let's just say, ladies and gentlemen, they're going to be looking for the hardest thing out there, and that's Bitcoin. If they try to ban it, let's say hypothetically, right? It wouldn't matter. People would still transact in it. Now, this, that's not something that I feel is threatening to them. Not at all. I think what they're going to try to do is something a little bit different. They're going to try to keep it centralized. They're going to try to track it off from exchanges, leaving exchanges, leaving your wallets. They're going to try a mass surveillance on the Bitcoin blockchain. And that's fine. You can try that all up and down all day. But with cryptography and protocols and implementations like Mimblewimble, that's going to be a little bit harder in the future. So back and forth, this technology will go, right? A game of cat and mouse. But at the end of the day, Bitcoin wins every single time.